stay with our, our theme, the battle, the victory, the battle, the victory. And uh, I don't know how long we're going to go and what all we're going to go through, but uh, what God has given us, the battle, the victory, it's going to be for our, our good. Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready to fight? I know a lot of us don't like fighting, but I want you to know that if you are going to be a believer in Christ Jesus, we got to fight. We got to fight. And as I have shared with you in the last message that it started in heaven. And now it's on earth. And we got to fight. And look at your neighbor and say, but don't fight me. <laughs> I'm going to read our scripture, and I'm going to read it from the English Standard Version. I just think that the wording is just a tad bit better than the NIV. And I know you don't have the English Standard Version, so I'll read it, and you can read whatever translation you have because it's not that much different. But I still like the way the English version says it. From 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. The 10th chapter. Starting at the first verse, which is our foundational scripture for the battle, the victory. It reads as such. I, Paul, myself, intrigue you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, who am humble when face to face with you, but bold towards you when I am away. Verse 2. I beg of you that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. Verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy. Strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion rise against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Verse 6, being ready to, to, to punish every disobedience when your obedience is 
complete. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us all say amen. amen. Uh, Paul is in a battle. He's in a battle with the folk believers in the church of Corinth. Uh, he is fighting the folk that they call they say. Y'all thought that was new. It's right here in the verse in chapter one through nine. They say he's fighting the super apostles. Those would be the the ones that know everything, know everything about the word of God. And then he's fighting the wealthy. You know money talks. Uh, now, why, why is Paul fighting them? Is, is because uh, uh, the Corinthian people there in the church, uh, number one, did not stand with Paul when he had folk that was fighting against him. He asked for some little support while he was away and the folk that was fighting against him, they didn't stand for him. Yeah. Kind of left him out there. Second reason that uh, Paul is fighting is because uh, the Corinthian people made recommendations of folk to be in positions that had artistic motives. And that Those motives were that they wanted to get on the same level as Paul and move Paul out the way. Third reason that Paul is fighting is because uh, the outsiders, uh, the, the, the outsiders, folk to come outside of the church in, uh, they were calling themselves uh, knowing how to run the church, but they from the outside uh, wanted to change some things. And there's some other little things that go on like normally goes on in the church and Paul now is being challenged. And so Paul is in a battle and he's fighting. And now uh, there's a lot of issues that go on in the church. But I think most issues normally boil down to just a few things. And those things that it boils down to is that uh, somebody just think that things ought to be different. Yeah, yeah. Look at your neighbor say, he's not talking about you. <laughs> Y'all got quiet. Maybe we are. <laughs> uh, so Paul is, is having a battle and he's fighting those that are in the church and, and uh, he tells them now, the way y'all talk about me is uh, 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 like as if I'm a jellyfish. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm away, uh, I hear all these things you're saying about me, and I, I try to be nice. I, 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 I try to be understanding. And, and I, you know, some of y'all are saying that, well, you know, Paul, you, 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 you ain't about nothing. 
you talk you talk a lot of big talk, but but when you in our presence, you all meek and mild and quiet. You don't have no backbone. I mean, you 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 talk big when you're away, but when you're here, you know, what do you do? You, you, you know, there is people who challenges you and right. and uh, want uh, want to see what you're made of. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, uh, uh, I'm not going to challenge you. Uh, and P Paul, he responds, he responds by saying, wait, let me tell you something. When I, I'm on my way to Corinth. And when I get there, I'm going to show you what I'm made of. I'm going to show you what I made of when I get there. Now, now they, were, they were looking at Paul as if Paul was going to get on their level. Because they were ready to, to fuss and fight and everything. And Paul said, I'm coming. And I'm coming to fight. I'm coming to stay in my position. I'm coming to battle with you. But... Uh, uh, how I'm going to fight you is not what you think. I know you're expecting me to get rough and tough in the sense of physical, but I'm not coming to fight that way. I, in fact, uh, I'm coming to fight you on a different level, on a higher level. I'm not trying to fight you physically, but I do have a fight for you that is going to cause a struggle. But what I want to help us to understand something, because Paul is dealing with people, but his fight is not with people. And whenever you get into a fight, you must first understand that if you have not, uh, uh, let's say, figured out that the fight that you fight is first within you, Don't try to fight a fight outside of you until you first win the fight within you. The fight is always within you before it's on the outside of you. So Paul, Paul has to deal with things going on within himself. Now, all fights are spiritual. Yes, they are. But what we end up seeing is the uh, physical side of what's going on inside. Whenever you have uh, a fight that's going on, it, it, it's, it's, it's an outside uh, showing of what's going on inside. Look at your neighbor and say, mm, mm, mm. Lucifer was a big problem in heaven. Lucifer spiritually rebelled against God. But we find from Lucifer rebellion in heaven, we get that physical chaos. You ought to know what that means. Uh, Genesis says this. That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
And the earth was without form and void. In Greek, it says, in the beginning, watch this. I mean, Hebrew, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was in chaos. Which means Lucifer now down here called them problems and God had to come upon the scene. And he had to take chaos and bring peace. But chaos was a result of what the fight was going on in heaven. And now it's down here. Oh, 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 all right, all right, y'all not with me, okay, but, but I'll begin to. Uh, uh, had Lucifer kept the praise and the worship to God within him, it would have never got to the point where he would have rebelled against God and wanted to be like him or better than him. So because he did not tame, he did not fight the fight within him to keep the praise and worship to God, it became a problem for him to be with God. Isn't that kind of like marriage? Isn't that kind of like marriage? Isn't that kind of like marriage? Had you dealt with that thing within you, then it wouldn't be a problem between you. Y'all not liking that. Amen. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here we, here we go. Here, here, here we go. Here we go. Uh, we lose the battles with Satan because of what's going on inside of us. Because our battles must be fought first within us. Working through, working through issues will cause us to take a look at ourselves. And when we realize that when we lose the battles within us, then Satan is able to overcome us. Stop blaming things on the outside of you for things you're not willing to deal with within you. Uh, I want to help us with this series and and what I want to do with this is I want to show you that uh, as we see Paul dealing with the Corinth people or dealing with people, that when Paul says, I'm going to fight with weapons that's not of a physical nature but of a divine nature, a lot of times we misunderstand what's going on because Paul shares a lot of things with us about fighting a good fight. And within this, I am convinced that most people come in the church with half the knowledge that they need, and when they go out, they get their butt kicked because they own half knowledge. I do know that uh, we like to have a good time in church. I know that we do like to feel good when we leave church. But I don't understand how you can really take that all in, understanding that we are always at a battle with Satan.
in this series here then, the battle, the victory. It's a fight that we have to fight within ourselves, such as Paul had to fight within himself before he begins to fight with the Corinthians. The good must always win over the evil. And we are now made of good and evil. I want you to know something about yourself. You ain't all good. I don't don't care what you hide or do not show, and you just show your good side. See, here again, it's, it's like marriage. When you when you dating, all you show is your first. And I don't want anybody to think that when you meet somebody, that that's what you really is going to have. Now, that's what they're serving you right now. They're serving you the good stuff. But I want you to know within that same person, there's evil. That sounds strange. How can I be good and evil? Well, you are. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> let's, let's get ready for battle. But let's get ready for battle with, within us. So today, under the, under the series of the battle, the victory, I like to use the topic, the shame game. The shame game. The shame game. The shame game. Yep. Yeah, we're talking about fighting, but fighting within us. Paul had to deal with some things before he was able to, to, to move on to these divine weapons. We had to use some things on ourselves. I want to, um, I want to share a little story with you about shame. Do you mind? Uh, The children in a prominent family decide to give their father a book of the family history. They wanted to do it for his birthday. So they commissioned a professional biographer to do the work. Now, carefully warning the biographer of the family black sheep. The black sheep was a problem. So the black sheep was named Uncle George. And uh, Uncle George was executed in an electric chair for murder. Now, the biographer assured the children, I can handle that situation for you when I write the history. I will be able to cover that up so they wouldn't notice. Watch this. Now the biographer says, now you won't be embarrassed by what I'm going to do, so I'm going to tell you how I'm going to do it. I would merely say in the history about George that Uncle George occupied a chair of applied electronics at an important government institution. 
he was attached to his position by the strongest of ties, and his death came as a real shock. You see, shame is a reality that exists within all of us. And shame is something we try to cover up. We try to cover up shame. We don't, we don't want folks to know that when we are ashamed, one of the things Paul had to deal with in the uh, uh, folk in Corinth that who were challenging him, he had to deal with some shame, like all of us do. And you can't really hide shame. You have to deal with shame. And, and I want to help us understand a little bit about shame. Look at your neighbor and say, you got some shame. Shame is a real human feeling that can bring pain. It's a real human feeling that can bring pain. All right, see, because while some of us up there shouting and carrying on, you're really in pain. And you're just trying to cover it up, but you're in pain. Some of that pain is coming from shame. Evelyn Champagne King. Shame can stop us from living an enjoyable and loving life. Shame can be uh, the reason for some of our emotional dysfunction. Satan knows your shame. Don't ever forget, Satan knows the same thing God knows. He knows your shame. Now, now watch this. Satan will wager this fight against you at any given moment and will show your shame. Therefore, it is necessary for us to understand that shame is a battle to victory. It's not like some of you will have this battle. All of us will have this battle from shame to victory. Right. Well, before victory is able to come upon us, we first got to deal with what the battle within us. What is shame? 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 I, I, I want to help folk understand how I preach because I, I, I'm often misunderstood in my preaching. I'm often misunderstood in my preaching. I preach from the standpoint of view, when you walk away, you ought to be able to apply what you hear. See, if you tell me David, David killed Goliath, I, I, I enjoy the story of David killing Goliath. I like the way you described David killed Goliath. Uh -huh. And I know you told me that David used five small stones. But how did David do it? 
I don't want to leave you with all of the all of the the the, the lights and and, and 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 the excitement and not understanding what David had to do to bring down Goliath. Because when it comes to applying what God wants us to to do, it takes a lot of effort, understanding. It takes a lot of challenges that must start with us. What is shame? Shame is this. Listen carefully. Shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of guilt or shortcomings or improprieties. If you go and look this up with the modern day psychologists, you're not going to get this definition. Because I know right now you on your, your phone Look at Google. And Google going to tell you something a little different, and you're going to come to me and say, aha, Pastor, you got the wrong definition. Well, I don't want to shame you. Because I'm, I'm using the definition from the Bible. See, if I'm going to be a believer, then I need, I need to use believers too. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Uh, shame is a result of uh, impaired qualities of life after sin. After sin, shame comes into being. It was in the garden that we got shame. How did we get shame? Because Satan came in the garden. While we were having a picnic and told us, now look here, the God that talked to you didn't quite have it right. And we fell for that. And guess what happened? We failed to sin. We didn't. We didn't understand the fight. We didn't have it all together, but we fell for what Satan told us, and therefore, we end up having shame. Now, remember what the definition of shame was. You see, after we have fallen to that that Satan has tempted us to do, now we have this thing called shame within us. We didn't have it in the beginning. But we have it now. We have it now. We, we have the shame now. When, when, when God comes to sit down and talk to us. Now, I do want y'all to know that, that God don't walk. God is, is always right here. God don't have no legs. He's right here. And wherever you go, he's what? Right here. So, so, so the Bible just kind of helps us understand that God came to Adam and said to Adam. Come on. Now, why did he come to Adam? Because it was helping us to understand, watch this, that when uh, Adam ends up falling for the trick of Satan, Adam knew, watch this, something wrong. Amen. 
and he hid. God didn't tell him to hide. He what? Hid. He hid because something was what? Wrong. And he knew it even before God because God was already in him. Now watch this. Now no, no, watch this. Now watch this. So he hides from God. Now how silly is that? How silly is that to have a God that is everywhere, all the time, any place, know it all, can find it all, and you going to hide? So the Bible helps us understand that God didn't go nowhere. He's telling Adam, what's wrong with you? I know where you are. I know what you have done. But Adam is hiding in shame. There's three causes of shame. First is guilt. Now, because of the garden, guilt comes from this. It went against our conscience. Every man has a conscience. Don't fool yourself. That's why when they do, watch this, most time when guys and women end up in prison and they all bad and everything like there's no God, their conscience will start bothering them. And then they begin to confess that I, 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 I know I was wrong. And then they start calling on on God because their conscience tells them no matter what you say or what you do there is a God and when you do something against God your conscience will bother you so, so, so number one a shame comes from guilt and that guilt is simply you going against your conscience now you need to really understand this I know a lot of times we like to shout and and, and, and feel good and get energetic and just have a, a gymnastic time in church. And I don't, I don't mind with that. But what, what, what bothers me is that when you leave here, you, you flunk every fight. And, and, and I'm telling you now, I don't see a whole lot of cheerleading in fighting. The second thing that, that causes shame is shortcomings. What you mean by shortcomings? Shame happens when we compare ourselves to others. Uh, half the problems in church come from you comparing yourself to somebody else in the church. I, I'm not going to go through all that either. But when you compare yourself to somebody else, then you, you get pain. You get pain because, because you don't have what they have. You ain't doing what they doing. You want to start a ministry so you can be recognized like the other person, knowing that good and well you shouldn't be on nobody's ministry. You should be in somebody's ministry. But, but it's the pain of you comparing yourself to someone else. And then the third uh, thing that causes uh, uh, shame is impropriety. 
Now, 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 that's that's that simply means failing to observe standards. I uh, I uh, went into uh, Walmart and uh, I got in line. And uh, call myself, uh, going to talk to the cashier. And uh, the cashier looked at me and said, uh, sorry, sir, uh, you are the line. Now, of course, I got a little. And he said, that sign right there says, says, here's the lie. Yeah. And I didn't see the lie. Now, regardless of me failing to see the lie, I didn't follow the standard. So after I realized <laughs> that I didn't follow the standards and the folk was standing there looking at you, you know how they're looking at you like now. I felt shame because I didn't read the standards. Regardless of how it happened, I didn't read the standards. So, so you have to understand uh, 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 the third reason why, why we have shame is because we fail to read the standards. Are, are y'all still not with me? And, 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 and you got to be honest with yourself. You, you, you got you, you, you to gotta know that you must follow standards. Okay, okay, all right, all right. I'm, I'm just about where I need to be. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. there's, two, there's two kind of shame. You need to know this because when you fight the battle, you need to make sure you know where Satan is coming It's two kind of shame. The first shame is that of dishonoring God. And that's where I would deal with first. That's what I would deal with first. Dishonoring God. Now, that's a proper shame. You know, we, all, we often tell folks, don't be ashamed of yourself. But you might want to be careful saying that to folk until you really understand why they have shame. A lot of us don't understand the standards of the Bible, so therefore we say things that sound good according to the world. That's some of the problems now, folks, let me tell you. A guy just talked to me this week, asked me, well, how come we got so much problems in the world? I said, well, we got a lot of problems in the world because we have stopped going to church and learning standards. I said our children don't have to go to church anymore because we don't make them go to church anymore because we think that because according to the world standard is that we ought to have children to have their choices. Amen. 
But this is where we learn standards. No, 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 watch. Walk, walk with me. Walk with me. Walk with me. And, and so shame is proper in the Bible. But you got to know what kind of shame that you're dealing with. So we're going to deal with proper shame first, okay? And then the next Sunday we'll deal with the other shame. Is that all right? Okay. Proper shame. Let me tell you. Get yourself ready. Proper shame comes from a good reason to feel that way. It's a good reason why you feel shame. Well, why? Because of your involvement in dishonoring God. When you dishonor God, you will have shame. Watch this. Flip you back to Genesis. Pow! When Adam and Eve dishonored God, they felt shame. They felt shame so that God could let them know something wrong. Y'all need to stop trying to wipe shame away from some people because you don't know what God is doing in their lives. Okay, watch this. You should feel shame when you have a hand in dishonoring God. That should be there. Now, watch this. Shame is something that comes up in your attitude and in your actions. Some, some folk don't come back to church no more because they felt shame about what they have done. But that shame was probably because God was trying to tell you something. In your battles, you need to know what strategy Satan is using in order to get you to veer from God. Shame can cripple us if we do not know how to get to the root of the problem. Always get to the cause of the issue. Don't deal with surface stuff. Get to the cause of the issue. And we need to get to the root of shame in order to understand what kind of shame we're dealing with. And dealing with proper shame, you need to understand the root. For example, are you listening? Paul said to the Corinthians, they ought to feel shame to God. That's a uh, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter and the 14th verse, said that they ought to feel shame. And, and, and the reason why they ought to feel shame, because they were doubting the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And yet you call yourself a believer in Christ, and yet you doubt the resurrection of Jesus Christ, one of the pillars of your, of your belief is that Christ got up from the grave and yet you doubt that you ought to feel shame about yourself. That's God saying something to you. He said, no, something wrong for you to believe in me and then doubt that I've done what I said I did. 
There's a lot of things going on in our lives that on one hand we say that we are a believer in Christ Jesus and yet we are ashamed. We, we are ashamed to admit it. Get around your friend. You know, your other kind of friend. See, I got both sides of friends. I, 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 got, the, I got the friends that don't cuss that much anymore because and, and, I found out that even those who, who claim that they don't cuss that much anymore, they cuss some. And one cuss is just as bad as a thousand. And then I got cussing friends. You call them unsaved. So I don't know what you call the ones that save and cuss a little bit. <laughs> and when I get around them, they drink, they smoke, everything. Uh-huh. You know, they, they do everything. They talk all kind of ways, whole nine yards. And I make sure I, I let them know, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, you know, do your thing. All right, but, 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 but guess what? Whenever somebody knows that you are a believer, I don't care how much crazy stuff you're in with them, at some point, they're going to ask you something about the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, that's the time that either you're going to be ashamed or you're going to stand up and tell them, well, let me tell you. See, that's how I got messed up at Mr. V's. I went to Mr. V's to knock off some girls. I get my rum and coke. I sashay over to the, to, to the table. A couple girls sitting at the desk. First thing I offer them, what you want to drink? It's on me. So they ordered some drinks. So we sitting there talking. You know, you talk your normal talk. And then what messes me up, I asked them something like, what church you go to? Now, why in the world that you, you, in, you in a den of thieves? And you're going to talk about the law. what I did every time I went there some kind of way I end up talking about the Lord Uh, watch this this. you see what I'm trying to say to you number one see if if God is in you it's going to come out of you I don't care how much you try to hide it in you it's going to come out of you all right. Now, 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 you could be ashamed of him and not say anything about it, but you keep hanging around in that uh, den of thieves. Sooner or later, they're going to know. Amen. Jonah! Try to act like he didn't know the Lord. He was ashamed of going to a black city called Nineveh. One of the reasons he didn't want to go there because that was strictly hood. 
they will cut you and shoot you and everything else just because you ain't from this side of town. So Jonah gets in the boat because he wanted to go the opposite direction. That's called sin. And try to act like he was nowhere close to being Christ-like. Sitting there sleeping in the boat while the storm going on. Gave yourself away because everybody else scared. They threw him out. You know the rest of the story. And what I'm trying to say, when you got Christ in you, I don't care what you do. You can hide it. You call yourself being ashamed. But sooner or later, what's going to happen? It's going to come out of you. So you might as well, you might as well, when you start dead, you need to tell them up front, I'm a believer in Christ Jesus. Now, I may not act like it all the time, but I am a believer in Christ Jesus. So the Corinthian people were talking about they didn't believe in the resurrection when they go like, Paul said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And what I'm trying to show you here, Paul's telling them, you ought to have shame. Because that will wake you up and let you know you ain't right. Let me show you another, another example, another example in, in, in Corinthians church. The believers wanted to uh, 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 take other believers to court. Now, I tried to do this years ago for some of you to start out with. Was I wanted to establish a court system here at the church with believers that we would handle you know, a little small stuff. Do y'all remember that? That I brought it up and y'all thought I was plumb crazy? <laughs> I know y'all think I'm crazy, all right, but, but that's all right. Uh, and, and this is where I get it from. Here's where I get it from. Now, 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 Paul had to deal with the Corinthian people taking each other to court. And Paul said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought to be ashamed of yourself that you take your disputes to the world to judge believers. How can heathens look at believers in Christ and judge believers in Christ according to God's way when they're heathens that don't know Christ, don't want Christ, and don't want nothing to do with Christ? And you want them to judge you? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. And I truly believe that churches need to establish the court system where that they can judge their own because the world is not qualified to judge you when you don't have a renewed spirit according to God. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Paul said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. See, that's proper shame. No, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, because I'm almost done. Um, uh, Paul says, again, here's, here's something to I want you to think about. Paul tells us in Romans 6, verses 20 through 23. Listen to what Paul says. Proper shame, proper shame, proper shame. 
Shame tells you something. Verse 20, he says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. In other words, when you were, when you was in the world, you did whatever you want. Did nothing bother you. You did however you wanted, whatever you wanted to do. You know, uh, I, I, I came up during the time where streaking was becoming to be a, a fashion. And I happened to, you know, I'm from Columbus, Ohio initially, so I, I hung out on the campus of Ohio State. And um, people don't like me to talk about what I used to be, and, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to keep telling you what I used to be because you used to be something, but you shame to tell me. But I'm sitting up there and watching these folks streak, and I had a thought. I had a thought. You know, you, you know how Satan can just put a thought in you. Now, 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 now you, 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 you know, don't, don't underestimate Satan because Satan can put a thought in your mind that sounds good. Y'all ain't, y'all, 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 y'all ain't being for real with me now. See, see, Satan can put a thought in your mind and make it sound so good, smell so good, feel so right. And at the same time, you got Jesus in you. And yes, Satan talking to you, he sounds good. He said, why don't you go in the street? So I'm getting ready to go behind the bush. And the Lord spoke to me in the condition that I was in. Read between the lines. In the condition I was in, the Lord spoke to me and said, fool, don't take your clothes off. (laughs) Won't he talk to you? (laughs) at least one time I done the right thing he's Paul says in Romans he said he said when you when you had no Christ in you whatever you wanted to do you did it look at listen to verse 21 what benefit did you reap at that time, from the things you are now ashamed of. In other words, what did you benefit in the world doing what you're doing versus now that you saved? Now, when you look at the things you used to do in the world, you are ashamed of them. Don't act like you're not. Everything I did in the world, I wasn't proud of. I was ashamed of them, but I'm only able to see that now since I've been redeemed, since I've been renewed, since I've been changed, since I got a new mind, I got a new head, I got new feet. 
I'm ashamed of some of the things I've done. I don't have to go down listing, but you go down to the things you, you know what you are ashamed of when you were out there. But okay, okay. He says, he says, he says, he says, listen, he says, he says, he says, now you are ashamed of. Those things result in, in what? Death. Because before we were saved, the things we're doing in the world was sending us for what? Death. We'll die had Christ not saved us. Verse 22, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slave to God. All right, okay. Uh, slave to God. The benefits you reap leads to holiness, not unrighteousness. Well, you, you say, well, I still do some bad things, but you do bad things, but you're in Christ. And when you're in Christ, then you're a new creature. And then even though the things you do because you are in Christ, Christ Jesus handled those things for you. Ain't none of us sinless but because we are in Christ. See, I can boast in Christ, but I can't boast in myself. I can boast and tell you, oh, I'm a bad. But only in Christ Jesus, because it's in Christ Jesus do I claim the victory over sin. I dare not think that I'm all of that in the biscuit just by me. So now that I'm a slave to God, I, 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 I have holiness. And the result is eternal life. Verse 23, for the wages. Everybody gets a paycheck at the end of life. But is it going to be that of eternal life or death? The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, I'm ashamed of some things I used to do. But because I'm ashamed of it doesn't mean I have to have it burdened down on me. Because now that I'm in Christ Jesus, he, he, he have lifted that. He have wiped that from me. And, and me being ashamed is just a remembrance of what I shouldn't do again. All right, now look at Paul says also in 2 Thessalonians. Uh, chapter 3, verse 14. Uh, if they did not follow what Paul wrote to them, then the rest of the people there that was doing nothing, and I'm explaining in a minute, uh, 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 that, uh, that uh, well, well, let me say it this way. Paul was writing to them, telling them, that the things they needed to do according to what God told him to tell them to do. Now, he wrote and told them that you need to do this, but then there were people there, watch this, that was allowing them to not to follow what Paul told them that God told them to do, and he told them who was allowing them 
to not to follow. He said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Y'all got quiet. Because I can translate that right down. There's a lot of things y'all know that folk is doing not according to what they're supposed to do. But you allow them to do it because you taking this stand. Well, you know, that ain't my business. But when the word of God writes the law, then it is your business. And if you don't do anything about it, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, which means that it should warn you, you need to do something. Well, I know they are wrong, wrong, but I let pastor and let pastor find out when he find he deal with it. No, you, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Because you ought to deal with it because you know. Okay, 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 let me hurry. Uh, 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 I'll... I, I want to reiterate that, that, that in these cases that I just showed you about shame, that it was acceptance. It was acceptable because it was dishonoring God's standard. Shame, proper shame, is when we dishonor God's standard. God's trying to tell us something. When you feel shame within you, that's a, that's a battle you need to start fighting. You, you need to try. What, 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 what is it? What is it? A girl was, a girl was dating a young fellow. And their first date out, she felt ashamed of being with him. And the thing I had to say, well, if you feel ashamed of being with him, why'd you go out with him? Well, I just wanted to, I ain't want to hurt his feelings. You much rather hurt somebody's feelings than to lead them. Y'all not listening to me. See, when you start talking about you ashamed of somebody, you must rather tell the truth about it than act like everything's all right. Don't do that. God is trying to tell you something. Oh, I didn't get a hollow. Yeah, yeah. Let's just remember now before I close that the definition of shame, again, is this, a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by consciousness of guilt or shortcoming of impropriety. Okay, now now here we go. The point that I'm, I'm trying to make and, and trying to help you understand with uh, shame is that when you dishonor God, you ought to feel shame. I've done things that I felt was right, and then after I thought about it, I felt ashamed. I had to go correct it. Because that's God's trying to tell me, me something. You need to listen to me. Now watch this. Uh, 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 shame has nothing to do with how strong or how wise, how right, uh, or how wrong it is in the eyes of the world. It makes a difference when it comes to how God sees it. Come on, come on. Let us note this. 
These examples show that shame is a proper feeling. And what this feeling says to you is this. It's time for you to do something redemptive. Y'all thought I was going to leave you there, did you? You didn't think I was going to let you fight this battle with no weapon. Once you know where the fight is, you need to use a weapon. No, no, watch this. It, it, it's a redemptive act that you're feeling. Now, no, no, let me show you. Now, now watch this. Let me, let me see how I can put this. I, I got to be quick. When we feel shame, it brings us to a place of redemption. And the redemption means that we, are, we have the um, Let, let, let me say it another way. The redemptive place that we are with shame is that we need to repent. Ain't no way of fixing that up. You need to repent. You need to repent. Yeah, yeah, that's the weapon. We need to repent. Uh, uh, you know, being sensitive is over with when you're fighting a battle. There's no time being said, you say, well, you know, I just don't know. No, you're fighting a battle. And when you have shame, if nothing else for you to do is pick up the weapon of repentance. And you need to go after the repentance of your sin. Shame is not something that you should avoid. It is a place that believers need to recognize and deal with. We serve a God that is able to connect with us and to get us to where we need to be. Amen. We serve a God that knows us and looks for our worship. He looks for us to glorify him. And when we find ourselves in shame, it's time for us to check out what's going wrong. Watch this. The feeling of shame that comes from dishonoring God. Is a time of repentance. Um, I want to put you in in um, I want to put you in, and, and I, I, I want to be careful how I do this because I'm often misunderstood when I do things like this. But um, I, I, I want you to look at something here. Second uh, uh, Corinthians, Second. Um, I know it's my time up. Second uh, Corinthians, uh, the seventh chapter, uh, starting at the eighth verse. I want you to do something for me because uh, this is a weapon I want you to to have in your to have in your hand. Second uh, Corinthians, the seventh chapter, starting at the eighth verse, and yeah. And uh, wherever, wherever, uh, wherever, 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 wherever you see uh, the word sorrow, I want you to put the word uh, shame. Now, the reason why I'm not, I'm not uh, isolated. I'm really exegeting because the word sorrow, one of the root words is pain. 
and and in the word uh, shame, one of the root words is pain. You get pain from shame. Just as you get pain from sorrow. So I'm trying to show you, I'm just not making this word fit. I'm looking at the root word. Now, replace this with shame. This is a weapon that you need to have. Starting with verse 8. Even if I cause you shame by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Look at verse 9. Yet now I am happy, not because you, what, were made shame, but because your shame led you to God Almighty. For you became, there you go, as God intended. God intended for you to be ashamed. No, 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 no. Let's not stop right there. And so were not harmed in any way by us, verse 10, godly, there you go, brings what? That leads to what? And no regrets, but brings what? Oh, Lord, have mercy. See, don't let the world make you feel ashamed of the shame that God has put on you to make you remember who he is. Because that shame is going to bring you to death. You need to recognize when God brings shame on you, he just wants you to repent. And, and what does it mean to repent? He, it, it means to turn away from. Y'all got to stop running away. Y'all got to stop running away from fights. But first you got to fight the shame in you. You got to recognize when you have shame, is this a proper shame that God's trying to tell me I need to turn from something? Don't get up here hollering and screaming and shouting and tearing up everything, trying to get rid of the shame. You think you're going to get rid of shame because you're hollering and screaming? <laughs> Satan wants you to keep doing it. So you won't recognize what you really need to do. What I need to be hollering and screaming about when I use shame and trying to get rid of shame. He has given us. He's given us. He said repent. And one thing about repentance, I don't have to stand before you. I don't have to go to no confession stand. I can repent within me and talk to God and ask God, I didn't mean to do it. I'm going to turn away from it. I'm going to turn to you. I repented my ways and changed what I'm doing. It don't take to talk to nobody to repent. That's what he wants you to do is come to him. Now, listen, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. 
it's time for all of us to have a, a relationship with God. Time out, trying to go to every Tom, Dick, and Harry to try to figure out what God is trying to do and with us. You can go to him for yourself. He has made you a priest and priestesses when you accepted Christ. You allow to go to the holies of holies yourself. And no longer do you have to worry about your sins because of Jesus Christ has now covered them all. Now, now I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to make a show of this. But I want us to exercise what we need to exercise because the fight next is going to be on the outside. And if you flunk this, you're going to flunk that. So, so let's get this right. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. All of us need to repent of something that God has brought to our attention of shame. If you'll be so kind to bow your head and you go to God and repent of that shame that God has brought to your attention so that you can fight a good fight. Bow your head. You talking. Don't be afraid. He already knows your heart. And what's in your heart is what he listens to. You done had some shame. I'm not trying to find out what it is. Because all of us have shame. But God's trying to tell you, you need to repent. You need to turn away from it. Some of you saying right now, well, you, you, you know, that was years ago. Or have you settled it with God? Are you still flirting with it? And to repent means to turn away. What, what, what? Well, Pastor, hold on. What if I turn away from it today and then tomorrow I'll go right back in? We repent again. Repent again. But repent from your heart. Not from your mouth, from your heart. See, this is what David meant when he said, created me a clean heart. That's what he meant. And this is what David had to do of the shame. Repent. But tell God I'm, I'm going to turn away from the things you have brought to my mind. 